0: Hello and welcome. On this week's episode, there is a slew of announcements on Marvel's Disney Plus Day, and we're going to run down nearly all of them, applying special attention to Hawkeye and some of the series that will be coming out sooner rather than later. Additionally, we look at the new trailer for the Cowboy Bebop series debuting on Netflix on November 19th. In our larger news, we'll be looking at Shang-Chi, which just debuted on Disney Plus. Most of you saw it back in September, but I wasn't going to theaters then and I'm happy to see it now. And our big movie of the day is of course, Eternals. And by big, I mean nearly as long as Endgame and maybe not quite as satisfying. So join us on (laughs) (laughs) what are you (laughs) that's that's a wb reference for some people who might not uh, be old like
1: hello my baby i am so racist (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
0: <laughs> i don't know i just assumed you were gonna go forward with this song. <laughs> but that was way fucking funnier <laughs> holy shit that got me off guard that got me really off guard that's really funny oh holy yeah cow. man that's
1: that's al jolson as a frog <laughs>
0: Oh my god, can I say my grandfather loved Al Jolson? Like he would sing all these old Al I Jolson. I imagine songs. he did. <laughs> no, 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 but he was super not racist. I mean, he was mm-hmm. a cop and um in a, in a very racist time to be a cop, but specifically though, he was a very very not racist mm-hmm. cop. So kudos to him. I got some some good stories, but that's that's neither here nor there. How are you doing, sir?
1: I'm all right, man. How you
0: doing? I'm good. I'm good. It's been uh, about a week since we spoke. I got the the debut episode of our, uh, you know, resurgence now following pumpkin season and uh, surgery mm-hmm. season and all that other stuff. And I have spent like this entire week watching fucking everything.
1: <laughs> yeah, we had a, we had a lot of homework. Uh, that's basically what I was doing too, trying to trying to catch up on things um I've, I've oddly enough have been like on a really crazy harry potter binge because i've been talking to my girlfriend from canada and reading harry potter to her. <laughs> somebody
0: like read her harry potter uh um... yeah i
1: read it out loud to her you know like you know i have to use these voiceover gifts for the good you know the good of all humanity <laughs> so wait, Are you
0: guys like on the phone and she just props the phone up and listens to you read her harry potter
1: yeah, crazy, right? <laughs> oh,
0: that's fucking adorable. Oh I my know. god. My <laughs> She's teeth the best are rotting out of my head. That is so sweet.
1: Yeah, then after that we watch Pin fifteen and Arrested Development. I'm in heaven, bro.
0: <laughs> While you were busy watching Arrested Development, you weren't doing some of the homework I gave you, but we're gonna save that for next week, week so <laughs> you got time to watch it. <laughs> Rest of development is fine, but it is not on the assignment list.
1: We I had know a lot.
0: we had a lot. I on failed the assignment you, sir. List. You failed have failed you, me. Sir. I know. <laughs> just so everybody knows. Next week we're gonna be talking the new series Chucky on Sci-Fi Chucky. In USA. It's good fun. Arthur's got to see some of it because I'm not gonna spoil it. It's just batshit. And if you love the series, it's coming. Go watch it. We'll talk mm-hmm. about it next week.
1: Oh yeah, we are we're we're horror fans. Oh man,
0: so much, so much. It's so good. It's so true. No, no, no. I'm not getting off on the tangent. This week is Disney <laughs> Marvel Week. Cause they had they had Disney Plus day. Tangent is what we do best, bro. <laughs> I know, I know, but anybody who's familiar with the podcast knows it's my job to keep our asses on track. <laughs> it's my job to keep us on track. Yeah. Um I'm trying. I'm trying. Cause Disney Plus, you know, had had its two-year anniversary. And they mm-hmm. are now a streaming Goliath in that short amount of time. And so, of course, on the two-year anniversary, they had to just drop fucking everything. Absolutely oh everything. I mean, the big one for me was Shang-Chi because I didn't get to see it in the theater. We're going to deep dive into Shang-Chi later because it's fucking awesome. Yeah,
1: they, uh, right, right, now, right now, Shang-Chi and uh, Jungle Cruise is available for streaming now.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't seen Jungle Cruise. I'm not, you know, it's not on my radar necessarily. But you got a kid, and and so maybe that's, I don't know if it's kid stuff. Like I said, I literally nothing about it.
1: Yeah, I, t- I took her seat in theater. I actually saw it in 4DX, and it was fantastic in 4DX. Now, I know 3D, but what the hell What the hell is 4D? <laughs> oh, 4DX, man. Oh, my God. Like, I, I, I imagine that they have one around, around where you live in New York somewhere. So basically, you're in this theater where the seats move, and everything is choreographed to the movie oh,
0: shit, I've heard about this.
1: Yeah, it rains on you, and, like, there's, there's smell of vision I like, <laughs> um, like <Also>. yeah, <laughs> For real. <laughs> like, there's hydraulics in the seat, so when there's, like, a fight scene, you feel the punches in your back, you know, and, like, wind, wind blows in your in your face if a, if a bullet passes by someone's face. It's crazy. Killer. That's killer. Well, <laughs> so it's more like a ride than a movie. Yeah, for the whole movie.
0: Yeah. It's so it's jungle crazy. cruise, I'm sure, was like you know jungle sounds and mist and kicking back and forth, the rocking in the boat kind of
1: thing. Oh, all of that, and like water splashing on you, like water actually splashes on you. It rains on you.
0: Oh no, Rachel yeah. would fucking hate that.
1: <laughs> you could take. The, <laughs> she would not be. There's down. a button that lets you take the water off. <laughs> oh,
0: thank goodness. See, that's smart. Now they've thought that through because if you're, if you went and you weren't prepare like oh this is gonna be great it's like a ride and then suddenly like you're like yo this is a nice outfit <laughs> <laughs> i didn't come here to
1: get rained on i could go outside for that so along with the all of the new announcements it's like 10 things that they announced so like just going through the list here they have echo which is a character that will be introduced in the new hawkeye series that's coming out pretty soon in yep. uh december they got Ironheart. She's actually going to be appearing in Wakanda Forever as well, which mm-hmm. I think is a really good idea because originally the character is supposed to be an uh, ingenue of Iron Man. since Iron Man's not around anymore, it makes so much more sense that she'd be working with um, like uh, uh, Chala's sister or what have you. And we have yeah, uh, yeah. Agatha Agatha, House of Harkness. Yeah, that was one of the big announcements. Yeah, they yeah, they yeah we basically saw that they were going to have a spinoff at the end of WandaVision for that one. Mm-hmm. Then, uh, I don't know if you saw that picture of uh, Samuel Jackson from uh, Secret, Secret Invasion. Secret yeah. Did you see that picture? Oh, yeah. Well, this is a great picture of, uh, of, of uh, Nick Fury, who apparently doesn't like eye patches anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can
0: see the big scar and the, the blue eye and everything. It's, it's oh, good yeah. fun. It's That's a good really photo.
1: Cool. Oh, yeah. And so uh, we have Gardens of the Galaxy holiday special, but we've known about that for like two years. Yeah, ago. yeah, yeah. It's been on the slate for a little while, but what exactly
0: it's going to be other than canonical is to be determined, really.
1: Well, I mean, what, what, of course, what I hope is that they make it look every bit as bad as the Star Wars one did. <laughs> that that was, that's the only thing that makes sense is if it like, I, I... like they make.
0: I don't know. I don't know if I'm down with that because the Star oh Wars God, holiday be special so was bad. Like, no, I'm but sorry.
1: yeah, but we're so used to everything looking good to do it like the special. You like you got to use like like old school puppets and stuff. Like, well, then it's a spoof. Be... Then it's kind of a spoof, isn't it? Uh, is that you're hoping yeah, for yeah. a spoof of the That's Star exactly Wars what holiday
0: it question. is. All right. I would watch that. <laughs> yeah, I would watch that. Sure. What am I saying? I'm going to watch all this shit no matter what.
1: I mean, it's I, I would want it to be different from the movie because the movie's going to. Yeah, we were used to all the bells and whistles. So something like this, like the and the, and and when it comes to James Gunn's, like you know the things that he likes to do, that seems like it'd be way up his alley to make this like so DIY, you know? And weird, yeah.
0: Okay, I'm with it. I'm with it. Make it weird and low budget looking, and make yeah, it a on the Star Wars holiday special. I, I'll oh buy my you there. god! Why that not? Be so
1: good, and then um. <laughs> Dude, like the, the thing I'm most excited about is X-Men 97. Mm. I, I I can't wait to see what it looks like. I, I mean if they just made it look exactly like the cartoon series, as if like they never got canceled and stuff, that'd be so dope.
0: Well that's that's precisely that's precisely the intent behind it. So what they've announced is that they will not be changing the character designs. They will be recasting most of the original voice actors in a return role. Everybody who's available and um, that they are going to pick up in 1997 where the series left
1: off. So it seems like (laughs) it's going to be everything you want it to be. Oh my God. that's so friggin' cool, man. What the, what a great idea. (laughs) <laughs> well, oh see, God.
0: I'm a little bit older than you and I forget sometimes. You're closer to my brother's age, and that television series in nineteen ninety-two was the entry point for a lot of people into this
1: universe. I'm oh, not yeah. sure oh, if yeah. you include yourself in that, but I know it, it definitely was. Oh, I mean I was I was I was in the X Men right before the cartoon came out because Jim Lee was doing the comic comics. hmm Yeah, I was always in the comics and stuff early that on. That would have been ninety one yeah, yeah. So, you know, of course, like when the cartoon came out, just, it just, just completely, completely super jacked me, like, in, into that world, you know what I'm saying? And especially when they started making the comics that mirrored the cartoon series. Oh, X-Men Adventures. I've got a few old X-Men Adventures. Yeah. They It yeah, wasn't yeah. a very
0: popular series at all, but it was yeah. it was good fun, and they definitely mirrored all of the different episodes. Oh those, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, those episodes also led to my brother buying dozens upon, if not hundreds, of X-Men action figures, because, mm-hmm. man, could that show move some action figures.
1: Oh, heck yeah, man. Like, they had so many crossover events in that series. It was so, man, that was a golden time for, like, you know, after school animation and Saturday morning animation. Um, so then after that, we got Spider-Man freshman year, that's going to be interesting, yeah. Because they're basically saying, you know, this is going to be kind of like um, a parting gift, basically, to uh, Tom Holland, you know, because this is his last Marvel movie from what I'm seeing. Have you seen huh. the news now about that? Not exactly, but I take that with a grain of salt. There's always money. Okay, I think that was, I'm, I've we've had this conversation before, but I'm, I'm pretty sure this is what's happening because Tom Holland's about to cross over into Sony for good. At this point
0: I'm not sold I'm not sold that box was happening
1: <laughs> okay. Nope. okay, that's what they're saying Alright, uh, so we have I Am Groot Which got, uh, that was already uh, Talked about already uh, Animated series of him being a little baby Yep, yep, everybody loves Baby Groot And then Marvel Zombies Yeah, Marvel Zombies, it's being uh,
0: Produced by one of the producers of What If, which also What If Season 2 Got announced, but we knew that was gonna come But yeah, yeah. Marvel zombies, you know, what's interesting is like, I'm not as in love with the Marvel zombie verse as uh, a lot of fans. Like I think the zombie craze has had its day and specifically, I mean, it's kind of low hanging fruit to have Robert Kirkman write it. I mean, yes, it was, it Mm -hmm. was good. It was good. And Robert Kirkman is good, but a little bit right on the freaking head, you know, you can It's a little bit much. So I think that while I find the Marvel zombie verse and their inclusion in what if was cool and was interesting, I don't know that I need an entire series about it. It feels like, Oh, there's captain America zombie. Ooh, Wolverine zombie. Like that, that novelty of it is basically all I'm in it for. And you could Mm -hmm. definitely tell some interesting stories in that universe, but I don't know if I care enough about that concept for a whole series.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, what did you think about the, the new series? You saw the, the new teasers, right? Yeah, 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 of course. Yeah, I saw the new teasers, yep. Um, I thought the, the
0: Moon Knight teaser looked awesome. I am so in it. It looks great. He looks insane, and I love the way they're shooting it. Like, some of the shots in that, in that teaser felt a little Sam Raimi with the point-of-view face cams, mm-hmm. and um, I, think, I think Moon Knight, you know, it's, it's Marvel's Batman, but he's, like, legit actively visibly crazy as opposed to batman who is absolutely insane but does his best to hide it like this is a guy who it it's going to be difficult to tread that mental illness ground because you don't want to caricaturize somebody's illness that you've got to be really 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 careful with but i'm still excited to see it and and i hope that they tread that ground
1: well yeah i thought i thought king atreides did really good in this trailer um he looked amazing uh I really liked his accent. And uh, he's been getting accustomed to being playing like a lot of mentor type roles over the past, you know, five years or so. Mm -hmm. And so so like this really seems like something he can really sink his teeth into. So I'm really liking the way he's looking in in this. What about the other ones?
0: Oh, well, I mean, She-Hulk, we finally got our first good look at Jennifer Walters and the She-Hulk universe, although we don't get a a perfect look at her as She-Hulk. It's just a teaser, but I thought that looked really good. You got um, Mark Ruffalo back as Bruce Banner, and Mm -hmm. I really like the the concept of She-Hulk as a character, somebody who Mm -hmm. really embraces the the physicality and the powers and doesn't mind so much, you know, the side effect of being giant and green. She's always been the giant green, fabulous She-Hulk. And I think a character that, you know, doesn't have that internal strife with turning into a monster is actually kind of fun. I mean, she does, she has literally been transformed into a monster and she's like, Hey, the only thing that matters is I'm, powerful and i'm and i'm huge and i and i can help people and get things done yeah i look green and weird now but i'm good with it and i think that's a fun angle
1: yeah i can't wait to see how they integrate all like kind of the courtroom drama stuff i think it's gonna be hilarious <laughs> uh-huh. uh, so uh especially um with all of the, the different like cameos that you can have in a show like that
0: oh yeah well, because you got the lawyer side, so you could have Daredevil show up at any time. They've already said Tim Roth's Abomination is showing up. Mark Ruffalo mm-hmm. will be around. There's there's a lot of fun that you can do in that world. You can tease a ton of Fantastic Four stuff because she was on the Fantastic Four forever. Mm-hmm. There's so much fun stuff you can do with She Hulk, and I just the I like the concept because. I know it's, I don't know what it's going to be, but I know it won't be dour. So often they, they mm-hmm. try to create emotional resonance in things. And sometimes I just want fun. And She Hulk is fun in the Marvel universe. And
1: I hope that this brings a lot of love. I think levity. Marvel knows, I know, I think Marvel knows like that, that kind of come up and come down thing, you know, like yeah, yeah, when yeah. it comes down to having the like super serious messagey stuff versus like super, like, like, uh, uh, just fun and loud, mm-hmm. you know. Like it was a pretty good balance of that um, with the series that they have this year. So yeah, even even within the episode, like with within the what if episodes, it was like super dark ones. Then ones mm-hmm. are just completely hilarious. You know, I think they, yeah. I think they get it. Yeah, I think
0: something like Falcon in the Winter Shoulder definitely skewed more serious. I'd like it to be less serious than that. Um, something right around like the tone that Loki had, but maybe even, even just a little bit less serious than that. Even I want
1: it to be a little bit slapsticky and a little bit fun. Kind of raised my eyebrows a little bit at the Miss Marvel series. Cause, um, I think I heard that they changed their powers. No, they can't do that. Can they, can they do that? I mean, of course they can do that. I think they changed their powers. I don't think, I don't think she has the stretchy powers for the series. Well, all right. So I could see stretchy powers being a
0: little bit more expensive to animate and to do on a series. But if that's, that seems like a pretty, pretty harsh fundamental change. I don't know how,
1: Yeah, I don't know how you do that. I mean, mm. cause I mean, and you seen that in the trailers, she looks like, she just like, she looks like she has, just powers that are similar to Carol's.
0: Right, 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 right. And she's dressing up like Carol. And obviously they're pushing the whole, you know, idolization of Carol Danvers thing. But I don't think we get a, a real good overview of her powers from the trailer. So I think that there's definitely stuff. I think they could do it additively. So if you wanted to give her stretchy powers, plus some basic energy projection powers that I would be more or less fine with that, but to eliminate the stretchy power business, Altogether feels very fundamental to her character. I mean, "In Bigan" is her, you know, like war yeah. slogan. So I don't know that you can make that huge a change, but I could see them integrating other powers in so that they don't have to do stretchy powers as much and save a little money.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at the news right now, and it's it's looking like that's the direction that they they are going. That she's like not going to have her stretching powers. Um, so we'll see how it goes Yeah, um, that's another
0: grain of salt moment for me Because it feels like it feels like a fundamentally flawed decision I don't know how you sit in a, a writer's room And get that from one end of the table to the other I'm, I'm not sure Just eliminating her fundamental power
1: Probably a couple of reasons First it was a TV show Then they probably want um, Mr. Fantastic to debut Whatever stretching powers they're going to do I could see that
0: from a special effects standpoint that the special effects yeah. team would want to debut that effect in, you know, in the Fantastic Four. Yeah, I could see that.
1: Yeah, all right. And what's what's funny though is like it's not exactly the same. Their powers aren't exactly the same. She just she just gets larger. It's not like she's super stretchy like Mister Fantastic. Right, not to the degree. But it it it, it would be a, a goofy goofy power to do, and to make it look good all the time, you know. <laughs>
0: Oh yeah. I mean, everybody has struggled with that. I mean, look at the Fantastic Four movies. They had all the money mm-hmm. in the world and it still looks weird. But those are I mean, they're thirteen. Well, they didn't, years they old didn't have the
1: best people. They didn't have the best people working on those things. Like they had Tim's story. You know, and Tim's <laughs> Tim's story, you know, he's he's good at other things, but you know, you know I mean, I honestly I liked um Rise of the the, the Silver Surfer in a lot of parts. I do too. I actually really do. I feel like he handled the effects a, b- a lot better in, in the second one versus, yeah, like, yeah. kind of the silly, silly things that he did on the first one. Um, but, you know, but just imagine if you had, like, James Cameron or, you know, somebody that really, really is cutting edge and innovative with effects, you know. Because even, even back then they could have made a movie that would have held up to today. You know, if you just just really are, are into that world of special effects and stuff, you know?
0: True, and even the special effects on fan stick were still a little
1: bit goofy at times. Oh, definitely. Definitely. I mean, you had a bunch of studio execs making decisions at that <laughs> So, yeah, all this, I
0: guess, is a long way of saying, you know, I hope *Miss Marvel at some point gets to show her base comic book abilities, but I'm not super familiar with the character. She came a little bit after my time for comic books, so I'm not hugely emotionally invested in what she can or can't do. I mean, she's, she's
1: really, she's really fun. There's a book called champions. Mm -hmm. um, That's like where, where she's hooked up with like a lot of the like late latest young uh, heroes. So she'd be hanging out with Nova, uh, the, the latest version of Nova. Um, uh Miles Morales, mm-hmm. the the young version of Cyclops. Oh yeah. Those yeah. are pretty fun. Those are pretty fun. And I think uh uh I think it was Umberto either Umberto Ramos or Bacalo that was drawing that. It might have been Umberto. And it, it had all those uh impulse vibes. Well I'll have to check it out then. I'm I,
0: I I'm anxious to learn a little bit more about the character and I have, you know, digital comic subscriptions so I can go read up a little bit before the series comes out and from the look of it, I got time, but
1: yeah, she'll yeah, she'll do this It was, it was this cool. I mean, it's not and... like there's a lot of Pakistani like heroes. That's, true. So, <laughs> that's yeah, true. so that's true. She's. I thought she. I think she's always been dope. Honestly,
0: and that is a huge part of you know what they're doing at Marvel right now, and we'll we'll get into that deeper in Shang-Chi and Eternals, which both lean really heavily into the the inclusivity model, which is fun. Oh heck just, yeah! Tell me different stories. I love that. A huge portion of this slate. Is you know female fronted Individual projects Like She-Hulk, Miss Marvel, Echo Ironheart, Agatha House of Harkness Like the big ones They're all all women fronted
1: And that's great because
0: we got 18 movies of just Basically dudes running around Doing things so Mm -hmm. Anything you can do to just make it different I just don't want to see the same thing I've always seen So these are all different things and I'm enjoying it Yeah it's, it's dope one of the big portions of Marvel and Disney's upcoming slate is, of course, Hawkeye, which is releasing on November 24th with the first two episodes. And then they're going to feed them out week by week, which we hate because we love to binge. <laughs> but they want you talking about it. They want to make it an event. Yeah,
1: dude, that's I, I I love that they do that, man. It just mm. it just makes more sense, you know. If like for you know, like you you roll a show out like this, you know, it becomes something that the whole Everybody gets to talk about throughout I the week. Know. Versus this so this weird thing where you binge stuff and you because your level of excitement on something, you saw all the episodes, then you talk to a friend, they only seen like one or two. You know, like, it's, but, but I'm just greedy. this disconnect that happens with binging. Yeah, I'm greedy, too. I want to binge you know, it. We, And I've, I know about the disconnect. <laughs> I know.
0: I know. And, and look, same thing happened with me with what we do in The Shadows, where, like, I watch the first seven episodes at once, and they all kind of blend in my head. And the individualism in each segment of that story is somewhat lost. I, and also, you know, I'm only... I was hyped about it for like a weekend and then I was through it and I'm onto the next thing. So I totally get
1: it. But There's also the delayed gratification yeah. of it. Like, you know, like you have something to look forward to, you know, I, I, I love that, you know, especially we're a product of yeah. before streaming. Yeah. You know, yeah. when we were like, we, we appreciated stuff, you know, <laughs> <laughs> when it was an event, when you had 13 channels
0: and if something was on, everybody watched it. You know, a miniseries would come out on NBC and everybody watched it at 8 o'clock on Friday.
1: Everybody. Yeah, you had to hurry home. Yeah. It's going <laughs> to be on. You, had, you had to run to the room. And if the you, comm- missed, the it, commercial you break. missed
0: it, you fucking
1: missed it.
0: Join us on Tales to Admonish for more tales of being fucking old. Because <laughs> that's what this sounds like nowadays. Any listener under the age of 30 running home to catch a show that was <laughs> TV happened from six to nine o'clock, and that's when TV happened. And Saturday morning at 8 a.m., that's when you watch television. Mm-hmm. That was it. Mm hmm. All this fucking having <laughs> whatever you want, whenever you want it, shit. But so I want, I want all a hot guy at once. But I ain't gonna get that. Uh, what we're gonna get is we're gonna get six episodes, and it's gonna take us right up to Christmas because it's a it's a Christmas story, which is awesome. It, this thing feels so Disney Christmas movie. It's crazy. Like just the way that trailer with the music in the background and the whole way it's shot. I like, love that. It feels like your classic almost Chris Columbus flavored holiday adventure.
1: But it's just like, I feel like they, they would have been a winner if they got Shane Black to like really head up. I this just meant series. the
0: wistfulness. It's like the it.
1: perfect character for him.
0: <laughs> All right. Fair.
1: But we get Jeremy Renner back as Clip Barton.
0: We get Haley Steinfeld as Kate Bishop, who is Clint's basically his Robin to his Batman. And mm-hmm. they're going to run off on misadventures together, where he basically indoctrinates her into the superhero life. And another Avenger is bringing another child soldier into the
1: war. So that's that's nice of him. I mean, you're basically seeing the creation of all the young Avengers. They're they've been laying they've been laying it out through all of these things. Marvels they're they're so brilliant. <laughs> Yeah, they've they've introduced just in little
0: breadcrumbs all of these characters, but here here now, mm-hmm. I mean, she is pivotal to the show. She is the show in a big way, and you have this passing mm-hmm. of the torch, which is going to be a lot more overt in this series than any of the other sort of young Avengers tie-ins have been up to this
1: point. Yeah, I mean, you see, I I could just see the signs of how they're building up everything, because like eventually the big the biggest like thing is going to be of course King and final uh, and Fantastic 4 and all of them but like also the the uh Secret Invasion mm-hmm. and you know basically it, it would make more sense that the scrolls wouldn't be uh trying to pretend to be one of the young avengers so you definitely could see the young avengers being like one of the the strongholds in that fight right one of the view teams you can wholly trust yeah because also you know they're setting up dark avengers too so that's yep. going to be a really good threat threat against the young Avengers. Have to fight all these uh, adult superheroes. I mean, you you can really see the direction that they're going, and I think it's so cool. Yeah, but this you series, know. even even before we get to all the Young
0: Avengers stuff, like both these characters seem to have great chemistry together, and um and uh, Jeremy Renner is finally getting. He never got his own movie, but now he's he's going to get way more time in this series than you'd ever get in a movie, mm-hmm. and. Now we really know and understand his character. I think it's the perfect time for a Hawkeye themed bit. Mm-hmm. So I'm super stoked to see it. We're gonna catch the first two episodes. Rachel and I, will, of course, be following week by week because it just looks delightful and it looks like the yeah. perfect holiday season Marvel property to roll out. So it looks like great fun. I'm yeah, I'm, um, I'm here for
1: it. Yeah, yeah. Grace on uh, Beyond the trailer on YouTube. You got to listen to her if you get a chance. She, she's from New York too. She's <laughs> right, fantastic. On. But she was just talking about, um, how close the Hawkeye, cause she saw two episodes of it early. Um, so she was just talking about how, how close it is to the, the Netflix Marvel shows. Yeah. 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 The feel of the feel and, and vibe and pacing of those shows. So I'm excited to see it. Um. Hopefully it's not that low budget, but. uh Oh, well, it's see. not going to be I mean, low uh,
0: budget. It's not going to be low budget. And I, I think it makes perfect sense for it to mimic that tone because their power set is so similar. I mean, you know, you have Thor yeah. and then you have the the best archer. You know what I mean? Like there's this, this <laughs> disparity in those powers. Like I get it. You are the best archer ever. Maybe that's ever lived. But this is the literal god of thunder. He's going to be 5,000 years in this universe. You are the best archer. So it's, you're going to need a more gritty, down-to-earth, street-level, hand-to-hand kind of tone. And that was definitely Daredevil and Luke Cage and Jessica Jones. And uh, I'm sure the kung fu will be better than what we saw in, uh, you know, in Iron Fist. Mhm. Did you hear recently the fight choreographer for Iron Fist, I guess it's been long enough now that, that series been over, came out and threw Finn Jones completely under the bus and was like he didn't start training till like 4 weeks before the series started and we were teaching him the choreography between shots and all the stuff that we knew but that they had never actually fessed up to. Wow. But that, that was the reason that, that that he literally put almost no effort at all into learning the choreography.
1: Man, I, I mean, I remember all those stories and I remember, I, I don't remember it being Finn's fault. I remember it being the showrunner's fault because the showrunner didn't allow a lot of time for all of this, all that stuff to happen. I wouldn't put that on Finn. Well, they were saying that he put
0: no effort into learning the choreography. That's what the fight coordinator recently said. Hmm. So maybe he just exacerbated a worse situation where he wasn't given very much time to do it. And so rather than respond to that by being extra diligent, he responded to it with some degree of apathy, which is what the fight choreographer seems to be implying.
1: Mm, okay. Yeah, I just remember it like if we're talking about the first season, like it was a oh, it was shit a mess. It was a total because, mess. Because of that, because of that um showrunner. honestly it was like a lot of the decisions of that showrunner. And then, like, I mean, typically in a lot of like westernized stuff, they always think about like um, fight choreography as the last minute thing. And they only allow, they only allot so much time for it. So that's why it winds up being being janky, like a lot of times, if you don't have somebody that has like a real level of discernment and the
0: series spent as much time in a corporate boardroom as it did oh, yeah. doing kung fu in a show that was about danny, the master what's of kung wrong fu with you, Danny
1: hi hey, danny <sighs> God <it's> just, uh, <laughs> so, that guy but, was uh, was so good the second season yeah and yeah. and he was so good in uh that that jason bateman show uh the one the one where he launders money
0: uh um Arrested
1: Development. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that too. <laughs> no, the, 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 the show where his family launders uh, money for the drug cartoon. I don't I don't remember that show at all. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, my God. You got to watch that. Oh, You can't even Mac tell Higgins me what it is. What do you
0: mean watch it? Now I got to go IMDb <laughs> Jason Bateman and then look for projects that look like they have a sort of criminal. Co- no, no, I'm not doing the fucking legwork here. You want me to watch that show? Tell me what that fucking show is. <laughs> god damn i'm doing it I'm, I'm doing it i'm doing it and i got no time for other shows because we got hawkeye to watch and then coming out before <laughs> hawkeye releasing in bingeable 10 episodes at once is netflix's ozark, ozark, cowboy ozark, bebop ozark
1: ozark ozark
0: ozark is the name of the show all right yeah Ozark. i will try to get to it amongst all my other homework but what i'm talking about now is Cowboy Bebop and the most recent trailer dropped just in advance of the series releasing on November 19th. And I thought it was so much fucking fun. And you thought it was ham fisted and overwrought. (laughs) 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 Spoilers for the audience. We've talked about this a little bit in advance.
1: I like the recent trailer jackass <laughs> <laughs> Oh oh all right no I was wrong then okay cool so so
0: Cowboy Bebop are you excited for the series uh, yeah,
1: yeah 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 <laughs> I mean I didn't I didn't really uh, I didn't originally watch the anime series cuz I was in college at the time and like it wasn't it wasn't um D- Devo not Devo <laughs> what is Tivo like? Tivo <laughs> <laughs>
0: No, we definitely had Devo before we had TiVo. <laughs> no, it,
1: there was no TiVo then, so yeah. you know you actually had to be up at it like was eleven. Up. Yeah, um, it was
0: late. It was really late.
1: Yeah, you know, so I I missed so much stuff like in the early 2000s because of that because I was in college, and I never quite got back to it. But uh, I remember. I mean, I remember the the visual iconography of the show. Like, I mean, oh, it sure. always looked cool. And you always saw that it was on sale, like on DVD and mm-hmm. all of that stuff. So you know, then I'm, I'm just familiar with anime, the anime aesthetic. Period. So um, you know, I didn't I didn't care for the first couple of trailers because I felt like they were just you know, you're you're correct in your assumption about the ham fisting. You know, <laughs> as far as like <laughs> as far as like the the aesthetic being so heavily placed on there. I mean, I I, I mean it was it's I know what they were meaning to do. But you have to do that sort of thing correct. Like, you brought up, like, Scott Pilgrim, and Scott Pilgrim did it correct. Yeah. You know, like, they did it with panache. And then you and, brought up Ang Lee's
0: and, Hulk, where they did
1: not do it a- correctly. Oh, yeah, Ang Lee?
0: Ang Lee, sorry. You brought up oh yeah.
1: Ang Lee's Hulk, where they did not do it correctly. Yeah, oh, my God. Yeah, like, he just, he went overboard. Like, look, I'm going to make a literal translation of comics and movies. Uh-huh. You know, <laughs> it was just like. It's a lot of watching
0: multi-frames. It's weird. It's true.
1: Yeah, bro. (laughs) But I felt like this. Okay,
0: but so here's the thing. I really enjoyed that it was over the top and ham-fisted. I feel like sometimes art has to push the bounds of shit. And I especially mm. like it if you push the bounds and show me a thing that I haven't seen in a way I haven't seen. And also and also, the previous trailer with them sliding the bars around and shifting frames and all that stuff, super reminiscent of the intro to the show. You know, the intro yeah, to yeah. that show feels very, you know, it's funny that it feels like the Venture Brothers you know that the intros are basically yeah, the same.
1: Yeah, but like so here's a key, here's a key difference though. Here's a key difference. Like with the Ventures Brothers, especially being animation, the, the the there was a rapid pacing to it that made it work. In this in this trailer that they did, the, the pacing and 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 the you know the 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 kinetic feel of it was off.
0: You know, mm, I didn't think so. I didn't think so. I thought it was. I thought it was
1: on. I thought it was. No, that's it was, how it felt to me. And it's not. It's not the worst trailer. No, I, I love sure. the latest trailer better because it's just you get a good a good sense of the show. It looks great. You know, people have their problems with John Cho, but I, I mean, I think he looks fine. My friend Mustafa plays. Oh, what's that character's name? Jet Black. Jet Black. Yeah, and so I'm super happy for him and yeah the other the other girl looks she looks great too. Daniela
0: Pineda as Faye Valentine, which is like the third part of their trio.
1: fantastic. and everyone everyone says the dog is the only thing that's perfect in that trailer. <laughs> <laughs> well, that dog was such a big part of it. He was awesome, yeah,
0: um yeah, and it's you know it I, I'm look, I'm here for anything John Cho does. I think John Cho is fantastic. And a lot of people criticized his casting yeah. because he is older, but they've skewed the whole cast mm-hmm. older. And I, I thought it was, I thought it was over the top and crazy in just the kind of way that I want to see something reach for. I think sometimes you got to go big, really big. And then when you think that you've gone as big as you can go, you go even fucking bigger. And, and yeah, Mm -hmm. when you do that, you're going to fall into a few messes. But what you've created at the end is, is worth that trouble. And I think it's worth whatever problematic stuff might come out of that sort of, ha- you know, haphazard and chaotic visual appeal. But I just, I know that it's going to be visually like nothing I've seen in a long time. And so if there are pitfalls to that, I accept them and I'm, I'm still excited for it.
1: Hmm. I just want to see somebody reach and go big. Yeah, I mean, dude, dude it's agreed. Yeah, I I I think it's not like the it's not like it's the worst thing in the world. I just think in the right hands that trailer really could have popped. I mean, you know, mm. I guess in, in in for my taste. No doubt. But like the re, the the re, the recently trader a trailer looks great. Like I I love how it looks. I can't wait to watch it
0: So I'm going to jump right in and probably binge that whole thing Right around November 19th So that hits Netflix and Mm -hmm. if you remember Cowboy Bebop I back in my early 20s lived with a real anime head So I caught a lot of that stuff And I thought Cowboy Bebop was fun So when I saw the trailer and I was like oh my god That's the intro to the show And it just it was it It did it for me so I'm excited to see it on November 19th And uh, John Cho is amazing Mustafa Shakir looks great Danielle Pineda is great And the martial arts looks legit, totally looks legit. And if we're talking legit martial arts, then we finally got some in the Marvel universe with Shang-Chi. I'm ready to dive right oh, in yeah. to the meat and potatoes oh, yeah. with Shang-Chi and the legend of the 10 rings, which came out oh, on yeah. September 3rd and theaters, but then just released this, uh, this Friday on Disney Plus, And that's where I caught it. And
1: Oh man, it's so good. <laughs> It was great man I was really surprised you know I I of course saw it in theaters when it came out a couple months ago um I I remember not really liking the trailer because um I feel like Marvel has a propensity uh, of like repeating their their action set pieces like they they usually have mm-hmm. like a train set piece or uh, some car chase like I mean which action movie doesn't Right. But with Marvel coming out with so many action properties, like you start to see the same signature sometimes, right? Right. So you know, um, and then we're we're going to the full spoilers, guys. So oh yeah, up. yeah,
0: yeah. we are gonna spoil <laughs> this. Just spoilers. Anytime you hear us mention anything from this point forward
1: to the end of the show, we're spoiling it. So you've been warned. We so we have to say it every episode though. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Just we like, are gonna spoil Just like San Stanley Chief. says. Every every comic book is someone's first comic book. Excelsior! <laughs> True believer. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. But that being said, like once you actually watch the scene play out, it's fantastic because it's just a testament to actual great um, like pacing for action beats and fight choreography. And all of that stuff that just all of that stuff makes it like you know like any kind of standard you know train set piece like you know subway set piece you know like I mean yeah you know, it makes me think about Captain Marvel like how lackluster the the act that action scene was
0: yeah you're right that the train sequence or the bus sequence yeah. in Captain Marvel is not as good as the bus sequence in Shang Chi at all
1: yeah. There was so many levels to that thing, and then so much comedy, <laughs> like the the guy the the guy uh, that has his podcast going. Oh <laughs> yeah, 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 and he's from Spider Man Far From Home. He's the do a backflip Spider Man. Guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: yep. Oh, he's he's freaking great. And Aquafina like carries so much of the comedic oh, yeah. load of this movie. Oh, and I just yeah, man. I'm so happy she's in everything now because I want to see her in everything. Her facial expressions and her comedic timing. Her comedic timing is perfect for this movie.
1: Mm-hmm. She's absolutely delightful. I think it's cool that they they kind of did like a this uh Uh, platonic friendship but it uh, it felt weird it felt weird that it didn't get romantic no I'm I'm excited
0: for because you know what I'm so tired of the I don't need a romantic subplot and everything where if there's a male character and a female character of course they're going to be together like maybe Shang-Chi is gay maybe maybe Katie is gay maybe they're both straight like I want to watch them fight Chinese monsters from another dimension I don't really care about their sex lives At all Like we can watch 90 minutes of their lives Without knowing who they have sex with So I was 100% totally great with that
1: That being said It was a little truncated bro Like they, they, they had to find stuff for her to do And then like Wong at the end for some reason needs her to come no she's <laughs> you know? she's us she's the she's the
0: she's the audience going on the adventure as well with no powers but there needs to be a reason why she's there. Why is Wong bringing her too Dude that's literally the last two seconds of the movie there's going to be an explanation about why she's got to come through <laughs> with- I swear to God, you watch that movie. Here's the highest praise I can give for that movie. That movie was two hours and 12 minutes, okay? And I'm not a fan of that shit at all. I think movies should be between 90 minutes and 120 minutes, and that is fucking it. So two hours and 12 minutes, but it is a two-hour and 12-minute movie. I am ready to watch again. So if I can give any higher praise than that, I don't know what it is. But my point is this. At the two hour and 10 minute mark, that's when you define her goddamn, why does she have to go with Wong? There's two minutes left in the movie. They're setting up some other shit. They haven't told you yet. (laughs) They just haven't told you yet. Why don't you worry about what happened in the movie? Not what's going to happen next. I swear to God, you can never live in the moment with this shit. You're always like, how does this connect? I don't know how this connects. She has no powers. Fucking watch the movie. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah. was that same thing when the least we talked about problems. Venom too That's the least of my problems with this Nope, no nope, nope. When we talked with about movie. Venom in the previous episode And you were all like How does he connect to Spider-Man? And you're like They gave you three seconds of it God damn it Live Boo. in the moment So no Boo. I don't care How she can help save the universe with no superpowers She is the wide-eyed Moppet Drawn into a magical world And we follow her there And so she says quippy, fun, observational things about all the craziness that's happening around. And not to mention, she darn near killed that final evil monster herself with an arrow to the throat after only a day of training, she might add. <laughs> Listen to yourself. <laughs> why doesn't she get to go with Wong? She nearly slayed a mythical monster. That's why she gets to go with Wong. There, Sony, yeah, I wrote it. One day of Marvel, training. I wrote it. I wrote it. There. <laughs> Uh, in this week's every week, one I'm going to That's right. That's right. It was magical training. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> I want to see her shoot the monster.
1: <laughs> look! 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 That that aside, I'm I'm glad that Aquafina was in the movie yes, because yes, uh, Simu Liu. You know, he's not that experienced of being a lead man and stuff like this. And uh, often does a lot of times he came across flat. Oh, he mugs you know? so I, well though. God damn, he's so good yeah. looking and he mugs for the camera so well.
0: It's great. Yeah,
1: i f- I felt like he got better by the end of the movie. Yeah. But like it it it, it, it was great that he was surrounded by Tony Lung and like Michelle and 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 Aquafina. It's just like and even even the, the woman that played his sister, like like there's she, there was such an anchor of great performances that it just was a huge support for him. And, you know, like, you know, I I love to face off with his dad at the end because he just... He was just there, and he was present, and it was it was it was good. By the end of it, oh yeah, um, Meng'er
0: Zhang, yeah. Meng'er <clears throat> Zhang is uh, his sister, Zaling, mm-hmm. and she was, she was great fantastic. too. What an unexpected part of the story where you think the movie is called Shang Chi, and then you get this this sister of his who bears every bit as
1: much responsibility to the storyline as he does. Oh yeah. So let me talk about the highs for me, or sort of the movie, like you know, so so when it comes down to this like this is the closest we've gotten to Jackie Chan action for like 10 years mm-hmm. you know you know like you know Jackie Chan he's, he's he's an older guy he's he's actually done a few dramas over the past 8 years but you know that 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 um really awesome uh fight fight choreography mixed with like you know uh just comedy uh, that was like was a major part of the, the 90s and going into the 2000s and stuff before everything became high concept. And it was just really cool for all of that to come come back. Oh, you know? yeah. That fight on the uh, bus
0: was so reminiscent of Jackie Chan. Oh, definitely. You know, with definitely. dodging definitely. through the holes in the seats and then getting him to cut the bus open and running along the top of the bus only to swing around to the front and bang on the window. Let me in. Like that's that was all so Jackie Chan.
1: Yeah, there was there was homages everywhere. Oh, there was yeah. o- homage to Skyfall with that that fight with the helicopter going like panning by the the window as they were having that fight right there. There was a homage to Country Tiger Hidden Dragon in multiple multiple areas.
0: Him fighting shirtless against his sister was a definite homage back to his original
1: look in the comic book, which of course was an homage mm-hmm. to Bruce Lee. Mhm. Yeah, so all of that stuff was great like just like the relationships, freaking uh, Sir uh, Kingsley <laughs> Ben, oh, ben Kingsley. Kingsley
0: as Trevor Slattery.
1: Oh my God! What a fantastic surprise! Because I, when I saw the movie, I wasn't expecting him. I, no, I not at all. Never, yeah, yeah, they didn't. I didn't really. Like, apparently, people did see that he was in the movie, but I did it. So that was such a great surprise for me. Oh my God! Like his delivery for everything. That's a weird, that's a weird horse. (laughs) He
0: is so deadpan. And so like. if you were writing this movie and you're listing out, Oh, we should use this character. We should use that. And like, we should bring Trevor Slattery back. And like, wait, what? (laughs) And he's perfect with his friend Morris. With
1: the little creature. And all of those creatures apparently are
0: based on, you know, mythical creatures of ancient Chinese lore. Oh, definitely. And the fact that he can understand him and and Morris is the one that leads them back to the mythical Chinese city. Amazing (laughs) his comedic timing in it as well. He is so legitimately funny.
1: Yeah, that moment where he's just like, you see him too? (laughs) He's like. I could have sworn it was a hallucination. (laughs) cracking up this whole time yeah when i saw him on the cast
0: list i figured that they would have the mandarin kill him or something on screen well that you Mm -hmm. know the real leader of the ten rings would kill trevor slattery for impersonating him that that he would have like five minutes in it where now we get to see the brutality of it but to see that he's actually in the movie with a real role and he's fucking delightful so good
1: oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah man um I, I love that one conversation that Tony Lung has um, when they're like, basically talking about appropriation and how like ridiculous it could be, mm-hmm. you know, with with these people that that took the took took out on the moniker of the Ten Rings <laughs> by calling it the Mandarin. Uh-huh. Like you guys are afraid of orange. That's right, <laughs> They took our name
0: and then named him after an orange. <laughs> 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 they never know what to do with anything. It's oh, great. Yeah. No, it was, I mean, the comedic timing in this movie was fantastic. And I like that it didn't super tie into a lot of everything else. There was a lot of Easter eggs. And of course, you know, referring to the blip and connecting it to the larger universe, but that it wasn't super, super beholden to it. And that we got these, there are still these little pockets of activity happening beyond the awareness of groups like the Avengers
1: or, or anyone like that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that being said, the 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 only real criticism I have about this movie besides uh Aquafina kind of being a quasi Mary Sue is that <laughs> um so the thing about uh Shang-Chi in, in this movie is that he has a lot of parallels to Bruce Wayne. You know, mm-hmm. uh, like, as far as how he was raised. If this, Thomas Wayne had lived. <laughs> yeah, but, like, but the the, the life, the, the kind of, like, traumatic thing that this would do to a kid to, like, learn all this stuff, like, witness all this murder, witness his mom's gruesome murder and not being being powerless to do anything about it, and then going on a murder mission, like, at 14. Mm-hmm. Like, when we meet Shang-Chi in the future... That Shang-Chi doesn't match up at all with what his past was. So it's like Marvel's trying to like like have their cake and eat it too, with you know, trying to have this light, you know, adventure thing. Um, when this character obviously has like a lot of dark shadows in his past that like you just don't see at all in the adult version of Shang Chi. And see that scans I, I, feel for me. Like
0: I don't have a problem with that. I think that I thought that, that was totally fine.
1: Yeah, I mean, when it comes to, like, character development and stuff, like, it just doesn't shake out. Because, you know, when you have, um, like, for instance, basically this character's been living a whole lie with his life in America and, you know, to his friend, friend Aquafina is supposed to be his really close friend to him, you know? So that moment where there's a change, there's not much of a change other than, yeah, I had this whole other life. You mean all the stuff that happened to you? Yeah. It's like what didn't didn't mean anything to you? No, I guess not. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Know? All right, it's just like. So I'll tell you why I disagree. There's no, there's no pathos. No, right there. no,
0: and I and I and I'll tell you why I disagree. I'll tell you why I disagree because I think there is something to be said for not underestimating a human being's ability to process trauma and to try to reach a state of normalcy in their mind and in their life. So people who have experienced trauma in their life, and we've all experienced some degree of trauma here and there you have the choice of either letting it define you or acting in opposition of that trauma and seeking out joy. So when you, when you have a character like Shang-Chi who at 14 has that cathartic moment of killing his mother's murderer, he does say that he accomplished his mission and then made the conscious decision to be normal And we don't see him for 10 years later. He's got almost his entire life over again to process all of the things that have happened to him and that he's done and that he knows and understands about the world. And so I think that just because you were a child assassin at 14 doesn't mean that you can't sing karaoke at 24. I just... (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Because the alternative to that is that you are literally just a guy sitting in a room sharpening ninja weapons for the rest of your life. Like he is actively working. He He is actively working to process the trauma of his past (laughs) and to be a normal person. And that you cannot just be so traumatized by something. That it defines you forever. There were men and women who came back from the Vietnam War and then went on and lived relatively normal lives, and still would occasionally go bowling or have children or get married or sing karaoke, not just sit
1: at and, home and, and think about have their trauma, post traumatic events, and have their post traumatic events. Right. That's all you needed to do. Like that. That's all. There. There, there needed to just be a couple of things that reminded him of his past. Like that's that's all we needed because the way he acted it was it, it just wasn't it didn't line up with like where he came from. I disagree. You know? I
0: think he was actively working to suppress that. He was actively working yeah, to suppress it. Yeah, it. and it's
1: hard to suppress those things. I mean with with character development like you got you you show the work that he puts into it, but you show how easy it is to slip back into the trauma. That's all you needed. It didn't even have to be a lot. Just, just an acknowledgement of that, you know? Because he just, he just seemed so divorced from it. That's, like, that's my only issue And I with think the movie. that that was testament to his
0: work and growth in those 10 years since it had all occurred. I, I see your point where you would want that, but I think that it's possible to have a fully
1: fleshed out and developed character without that conceit. I do. I really do. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's hard to do that when you show so much of his past, you know, it's hard to do that, you know, like and like for him to just be like, oh, I guess that happened to me, you know. <laughs> no, I that's, think it's remarkably that's basically what human it is. to be
0: able to process, absorb and move on from huge amounts of trauma. I really believe okay. that that is I, fundamental to a lot of people. Who just want normalcy and quiet so much that they are able to move on from and process vast amounts of trauma.
1: I mean, literally more stuff happened to him than Bruce Wayne
0: (laughs) that caused all the stuff that happened to him. So, all right. So let's, let's talk about just, just as a brief tangent, because we're about to hit the hour mark here. But so I read uh, Jackie Chan's, his, his autobiography, right? So by yeah. by all rights, you would say Jackie Chan seems to be a very happy, affable public persona, correct?
1: Yeah. She yeah.
0: had an amazingly like Shang-Chi quality traumatic childhood where his parents basically gave him to the Chinese acrobatic circus when he was five, where he was beaten and trained every day of his life for a dozen hours a day until he was a teenager and made to train and train and train. And when he got it wrong, he was mercilessly beaten. And yet, despite the fact that that was the entire sum of his childhood, he's still a
1: regular affable person. Yeah. That's what you see versus like the, the quiet moments that they have alone. It's like, it's the same thing with Robin Williams. What we saw was this happy guy all the time. You know what I'm saying?
0: I didn't want dour Shang-Chi. I wanted to see Shang-Chi. That it doesn't no have to dawn. be dour.
1: It just, needs to be, it just needed to be one scene, one acknowledgement. Like, that's all it needed to be. That's all I'm saying. Like, I'm not trying to take too much away from this movie because uh-huh. I thought it was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just felt, I felt that that divide was, wasn't that cohesive. Maybe we're no.
0: hammering on too on,
1: small a point. On to Eternals.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh God, I know, I know, because here we are We're at the one hour mark, so that means Eternals <laughs> Eternals debuted November 5th, 2021 It's directed by Chloe Zhao, who of course is the Oscar award winning director behind Land. And this movie clocked in at 2 hours and 36 minutes Making it the second longest Marvel movie ever made And it really did not need to be I'm not going to (laughs) preface, I know it feels like the deep breath that comes just before you're about to talk about how disappointed you are like, uh, but no, 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 that's not true for me. I actually enjoyed the movie. I thought the movie was fine. I didn't think it was the greatest Marvel movie ever made, but I definitely think that it was a perfectly watchable and enjoyable movie. What did you enjoy? I enjoyed, uh, let's see, I enjoyed the character of Cersei. I thought that um, Hama-Chan played that role very, very well. I thought the effects and the visuals, I thought it looked really, really nice. And the way that it used that sort of, I I can't think of what the technique is called, but where it's a Japanese art where you repair broken objects with gold and that that aesthetic was so heavily. Alchemy? No, no, no. Alchemy is creating gold. It's a, it's like if you shatter a bowl, you can put it back together using gold uh, solder, and then you have these gold streaks and lines, and it's sort of like a perfection oh, cool. in imperfection kind of philosophy to repair. Be that as it may, that's the aesthetic behind their technology and their, their weaponry. And so I thought that that was great. Um, I thought that All of the parts in the movie were well-acted. I thought everybody played their role. I actually thought, strangely enough, Selma Hayek was maybe the weakest of the group a little bit, next to maybe the dude who played Icarus, um, who was uh, Richard Madden, who people remember from Game of Thrones. But I felt like Hema Chan really carried this thing, and I believed you know, her character through the whole thing. I thought Angelina Jolie as the sort of tortured, messed up warrior was great. And we also get uh, Kumal Nanjiani and Brian Tyree Henry. And what's his name? Don Lee, who is Madang Seok from uh, Train to Busan. Like these are some amazing multicultural actors that I would have never necessarily picked to be Marvel superheroes, and here they are doing the work and getting it done, and they look great. I mean, you, you're gonna tell me Paperboy is a superhero, <laughs> um, and yet I believe it and I like him, and his relationship with his husband and his child seems genuine. And the other thing I liked about it was again, spoilers if we didn't say so before, was that at the end where uh Kamal Nanjiani's Kingo decides to just simply not be involved. Like, I agree with him, but I don't agree with the way Icarus is going about things and I refuse to fight you guys, so I'm simply going to let you work this out. And he just steps away from it. Like, that was a choice that so many people in so many instances make and that superhero groups never make. There's never a conscientious observer saying that, It seems to me that the thing that is going to happen is the natural order of things, but I respect how strongly you guys feel. I won't fight against you, but I won't fight with him. I'm just out. And if the world ends, it ends. And if you save the world, then you did the thing you meant to do, but I'm not getting involved. I'm literally a conscientious observer in this whole process. And, That was a thing I absolutely was not expecting and would never expect in a movie that's building to a big climactic final battle for one person on the team to just go, you know what, I'm out. And it felt like a very human choice. And I kind of enjoyed that. Um, I thought that whoever Leah McHugh is, she's been in nothing. She's a 15-year-old girl, the one who played Sprite. Like It's so hard to find a character to do... Old through the eyes of the young, someone like uh, interview with a vampire with uh, Kirsten Dunst. Kirsten Dunst, yeah, that you believe that that's an incredibly old person in a child's body. I really think yeah. that Leah McHugh sold that wisdom and age beyond her years from a character perspective. Uh, I do think that Kit Harrington. Was uh, a fun addition, characteristically, but he isn't really given anything to do, and his whole thing with being the Black Knight is kind of meaningless through the whole thing. So that's a sort of conceit. I'm trying to think, if there's anyone else I, I haven't mentioned? Oh, um, of course, Lauren Ridloff as uh, Makari, which is one of our first—I think our first—legitimately deaf actress playing a deaf superhero. That's good fun, and Barry Keoghan as basically the dissenter of the group, he, uh, he's not an actor I'm super familiar with, except for like uh, killing, taking of a sacred, killing of a sacred deer. Uh, But man, he's, he's got such a great face and he really, I felt his acting was some of the strongest in the whole movie. Um, Harish Patel as Karun is delightful. And the little bits of comic levity that he provides the story are very apt and very welcome because this movie is not funny in a sense. It has comedic beats and it has some comedic timing like any Marvel movies going to, but it's not a funny movie per se. It's just a mm-hmm. sci-fi movie. I think Bill Skazgard as crow, if that we even got his name during the movie, the deviant, the head deviant. Mm-hmm. I think that was a total waste. Um, that character, the whole deviant thing didn't work for me. And the way that they were used at the end were like, the bad guys are really us. And the deviants are kind of on the same side. And this one can kill us and absorb our powers. How does that work? Why does that work? Where is this from? None of that is explained. Uh, His character is absolutely just left to do things just to ultimately die. But it's like, Oh, you're the special weird one. But how, why, when, where, or what the ramifications of that are basically zero. I hated that. Yeah, it's basically zero. They really didn't need to bring them back. They didn't need to bring the deviants back. All they needed to do was kill Selma Hayek. And then suddenly now we have a mystery. Who the hell is killing an Eternal? Who could even kill an Eternal? And then you find out at the end that it is Icarus. And that Icarus is going to complete the damn plan, whether you guys are with it or not. Basically... Icarus is the captain of a ship that has just mutinied. And he's like, fuck that. I'm going to quell this mutiny because we have a job to do. And I don't care if you decide you don't want to do it now. And I thought that that would have been reason enough to have the movie move forward without the Deviant suddenly showing up again. But I, I get that they this is a superhero movie and you want to watch them use their superhero powers against monsters. And so monsters are back. I take it you didn't feel as strongly as I did, and now that I'm done, absolutely dragging that out.
1: <laughs> so here's the thing. Um, this movie is impeccably casted. Like, I mean, this amount of diversity and the, like, I mean, just for... for the just, quality. just The just by, Just by having Angelina Jolie. Angelina Jolie is just a titan of cinema. The way she knows how to work a camera, her looks and... Everything she does, she just stands so tall above, like, her cast in this. Like, you know, just given her her experience of being in movies and just being such a movie star. I felt that that was well. I know,
0: and I agree. You know, it's funny. I totally, not to cut you off because I want you to make your point, but I totally agree that Angelina Jolie just looks different than everybody else in this. Yes. And I think that that works well in the amount of, like, simultaneous fear and reverence that the other characters pay her throughout the movie, it's like she is viewed almost differently. Cause arguably Gilgamesh would be the strongest, physically strongest on the team. Yeah. And Icarus may be the most Superman overall powerful, but everyone on the team is sort of like, there's your wild card over there. There is like, she is the God of war and do not fuck with her. And so I think that, that, that acting, Pedigree and ability translates into the way that the characters interact with her character on screen. I believe that worked.
1: Yes, that 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 was one of the strong points of the movie. I think. I I don't I don't I think they used the mad weary thing um, a little loosey goosey because I don't, I don't understand why any of the other characters wouldn't have some form of that at some point. You know. Um. So, but besides besides um the way the cast was, I I felt like. This cast was filled by the script. If this is gonna be um, like a dysfunctional family slash like kind of Greek god uh, uh, drama, like there there really should have been some gut punching moments of the, that these characters have had over the uh, over all the years, the thousands of years that really would put their um, their dynamics at at cost. Like like there should have been costs in real. Like for instance there's a there's a scene where Fausto says to Icarus I've been waiting to clip your wings. It's like for what reason? You know? Like what what did, can you guys show us when you guys have had this animosity towards each other? Some kind of jealousy. Yeah, that's true. That's Yeah. That's so that line comes a little bit out of nowhere. That's what's so weird. Like uh the, the stuff like that happens over and over in this thing. And I felt like they, they did a huge disservice to themselves by not l- letting the, the, the Kit, Kit Harrington character kind of be the human eyes going through all of this stuff with Jim. Because it's just, it's just weird. I mean, without him, his presence there, you, you have these disaffected, um, like non-plus gods when it comes down to, like, you know, when they're having these kind of conversations about Earth and humans. Like, even to the point where, where Kingo is basically talking, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I agree. All these humans should die. Like, to, to this person that's been following him for, like, decades and decades. And that character doesn't even have a reaction to what he says, you know? You, you would halfway think that he, he would have some sort of turn against Kingo to make him turn, turn his um, way of thinking to where he finally comes back to help or something like that. Because like it's just just weird like how some of them how some of them feel like Jim is supposed to be in love with uh, the Kit Harrington character, but how much love could she have had for that character if 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 they're just together at the beginning and she never goes or checks on him or does anything for him the rest of the movie, you know, uh this this happens over and over again in the thing and like like the the weirdest thing of all. Is that like this could have been a, a focal point for like how the characters change their way of thinking? Because for thousands of years they've been fighting these uh deviants. Finally, one of them becomes um a sentient, and he should have become sentient way earlier in the movie. Like it they he becomes sentient way like way too late in the movie for it to mean anything. In fact, when he says all the stuff he says, he says it so fast. It is blinking,
0: you'll miss it, yeah.
1: Yeah, what's his revelation supposed to mean? So then <laughs> the weirdest thing is that at the end, this what what this deviant has been looking for is finally um there these um these uh ce- celestials or, or uh, eternals are going after Icarus because he knows that Icarus is in, aligned with um uh, Aram- and stuff. Mm. And immediately the Eternals start kick, kick, kick hurting him. He's just trying to take our powers. It's like, <laughs> I was like, what? It's like, does, does it make, doesn't it mean anything that he's trying to help you guys? Rachel and I
0: thought that was a little <clears> weird <throat> at the end that, that they had this whole like three-way battle when really the Eternals should just been like, you're trying to save Earth because you live on it. We're trying to save Earth because we live on it. Let's join up and stop this guy. Like that would have made yes. a lot more sense. <laughs> This guy is yes! the only one out of all of us who's trying to make this uh, celestial be born and to have the earth explode. It's like the tick. We're like, do you have the power to destroy the planet? Like, I hope not. That's where I keep my stuff. <laughs> and that should have been the common goal because when, when we do finally get sentience out a crow, which is the name of the leader of the deviance, he explains like, you were made by the Eternals. We were, we, you were made by the Celestials. We were made by the Celestials. We were sent here with a purpose, and then you were sent here to basically do our job because we stopped doing it and started doing it too well even. And so we're all just tools of the same machine. We are exactly I, the I same.
1: I have, I have no idea why these, these Eternal beings, with all this vast knowledge, wasn't able to get that in that moment. Yeah, and that just was so weird, and like it's, it's, like there's a bunch of times where it's just like, why do I care about these characters? Like why? Like all the stuff that they're like they're willing to let happen to us. Mm-hmm. They don't even know what they're fighting for themselves most of the time. It's like you know, like I mean, it'd be interesting if yeah you have these imperfect gods, but then you need to lean into that, you know, mm-hmm. um, like like they kind they, they it's like they kind of do it here and there like when druid like that that was one of the strongest scenes when when druid first goes against the eternals mm-hmm. stops that war and, and takes those people with him but i mean what what has he done all these years he just has like a cult basically and, you know he he was able to just like leave the cult behind you know, i mean doesn't it mean anything to well, you? Like, I mean, what, where where did where did your choices lead you? It, it needed to lead you to a, a, a higher, different place. Like, he should have been a warlord of a uh, of a continent or country <laughs> by that by the time it's by the time it's in the in the future. That's where Druid should
0: have True, been. True, but I think he was trying to stay off everyone's radar as well. That he wanted to basically be left alone and to say like, and he has a little bit where he's like. I could have taken over the world and changed everything, but that's not
1: the plan. He should have done that. He, like that's the thing. Like if you're going to tell a big story like this, he you you he, he should have gotten to the place, you know, just kind of like how they showed that Kingo was this superstar for a hundred years. Yeah, he he became a, a, a dictator, just like any of these other dictators. Like, you know. And then he, you know, after a while, they convince them he he'll leave it to one of those dignitaries or whatever. See, but I don't think I mean, he's like a dictator. dictator it
0: seemed like it was in line with his personality to just take a small cadre of people, create his own little utopia, and fuck the rest of the world.
1: I mean, saying like I'm just saying like if you spend a century doing something, it's it's gonna grow into something that might might not be recognizable from the get the get out. Mm. So that all that's all of those things needed to happen in the story. You know, like, I mean, eventually Fastos was involved with like the the, the nuclear bomb. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's exactly what it was. It started from him saying, oh, we can do the steam engine to where he did something that wound up destroying a huge subsection of people.
0: Well, and I think that that's that's where you where you mentioned earlier that they needed to be present at more pivotal moments in human history. I think yeah. that was one of those moments where they really got that right with him being there, realizing what he's done. Well, yes, that's what I'm saying. Like, th- that's what needed to happen with a lot of the other Eternals. Yeah, it's interesting. Brian Tyree Henry ends up being one of the most fleshed out, fully fleshed out characters in the whole movie. Yeah. He really, really yeah,
1: is. Yeah, so, like, that's that's the other problem that I have, is that you have, you see we have an Eternal here. We know what he wants and what he cares about. Half of the Eternals, you don't get that sense. You don't know what Makari wants, she literally sat sat in a ship and read stuff for five hundred years. All right, now it's like what? A, so I'm gonna disagree with you a little bit there
0: for for two reasons: one, semantic, and the other less so. But you got ten fucking Eternals. There's only so much time, and I don't want a three-hour goddamn movie. Oh my god! You got ten Eternals. We cannot have fully integrated backstories and futures and wants and desires for all ten of them. So for Makari, I didn't back. I I didn't have a problem with that. She loves human history. She loved the the, the history and the knowledge, the collective knowledge of mankind. That's why she collected things. That's why
1: she read books. That's good enough for me. Oh, but here's the thing. Here's how you don't change any of that. Because of all the knowledge she grew, it changed her character into being a more knowledgeable character. You don't see that she's just ever the speedster that she ever was. You don't see a change with the character, and that's the problem. Like, when you tell a story... Characters I need to go through need a fundamental every change. Every single character to have an
0: arc. Oh my god. I don't need every character to have a drastic <laughs> arc. I don't need every single one. Oh lord. some shit. This is ten fucking superheroes. May-
1: ten. Well, maybe the main character should. Maybe the main character should. Gemma didn't have any change at all. She barely knew what she wanted to do the whole time. And then, and then, like, get, let me get to sp- um, Sprite. How the hell? Did we know the Sprite loved Icarus? They didn't show anything like that during the whole half. So it's when she changes and betrays the whole team, it's just like it's out of nowhere. I don't feel like it was out of nowhere. Um, in, when in the, did she ever show any affection for um, for Icarus in any way, shape, or form? They acknowledge it is,
0: it's exposition-y, granted, but when uh, <laughs> Kingo and Sprite are talking, he says... I know you've done your best to hide it, but clearly this is the case. And I think it's supposed to be subtle. I don't know everybody you're attracted to, you you know what I mean? I don't know everybody everyone's attracted to. People can have secrets. They can have personal thoughts and personal feelings that they don't have to express. And when another character that knows that character better than we do says, Hey, in all the time I've known you, I've noticed this. And the Peter Pan analogy was perfect. Um, then then I buy it. Then I accept that that's the case. And I mean, Tommy,
1: there's only so time. much time. Tommy, how are you gonna have? Listen, bro, how are you gonna have uh, this subtle thing, subtle love thing that you have for a character, and then take a big swing where she fucks everybody over at the end? Come on, man, this that's not a balance well, to she that, just bro. Fucks
0: Cersei over
1: because she fucked everybody over. <laughs> she, she's, over. she's going. <laughs> No, she goes by <laughs> joining, by joining Icarus, by joining Icarus, she's fucking everybody over, but bro. But the thing is Icarus
0: isn't wrong. Icarus isn't freaking wrong. He is given a purpose and all of the stuff that they've learned about being artificial and all of their memories are of their home world or fake. Like all of that stuff doesn't change the fact where he's like, this planet is food for something much much bigger than your than itself and not to be weird about it but like i'm not a vegetarian so i do believe that some things are food and other things are not food and i eat creatures that i determine to be food and on a cosmic scale where they're explaining that like the food that is this planet will create billions of times more life than what is here and their argument, no, 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 this one is special. Like, they both have validity, but I don't see her simultaneously, you know, of course, going with Icarus because she cares about him. But also seeing the validity of the mission, which Kango also, admo- you know, acknowledges. The mission is valid. Yeah, he, wasn't, he wasn't right for murdering one of his fellow attorneys. Well, no, he wasn't going to do that. He's like, I'll die or live depending on what you guys do, but I'm not murdering anyone. That was reasonable.
1: But he did murder, he did murder, Um. Uh, 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 I forgot the character's name. Samma Hayek's character. No, no, Kango didn't do that. Um, Icarus. No, I'm talking about Icarus. Oh, no,
0: Icarus was prepared to kill all of them.
1: Well, that's, that's who I'm talking about. I'm talking about Icarus, not Kango. <laughs> I was talking, I was talking about that, um, that Icarus was, like, an, basically an asshole for what he was doing. He, like, can me he wound up killing Selma Hayek's character. Yeah. That's what I was talking about this whole time. Oh, okay. But yeah, but that's because
0: he knew that Selma Hayek's character was having second thoughts about the mission. She was having second thoughts about the mission. And so you can't have second thoughts about the mission. The mission goes forward. And if you live, you're going to tell everybody else what you know, and they're going to work to stop it. So instead, I'll kill you. That sends them hunting after all the deviants, which, again, the fact that there are any even around after they hit an extinct, all of that's so messy. It doesn't make a lot of sense. But
1: I want to watch them kill monsters, so it's okay. Yeah, look, when it comes down to it, the the Celestials need to find another way of doing this. I I, I mean, they they could... Have easily done this with the infinity, um, um, the infinity stones, or whatever. So if 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 that's a one way of doing it, there's other ways of doing it. That doesn't mean the complete and total annihilation of like a like billions of creatures. Well, sure. I mean, I you know? can I can get fat eating peanut
0: butter the same as I can get fat eating hamburgers. I prefer hamburgers. What are you gonna do? That costs a
1: cow. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the Celestials could find other ways, and this doesn't. This whole celestial seed, and then you have to have X amount of biological life, and that allows us, all of that is written for the movie. None of that is the comic. And I'm glad that they actually, at the end of this movie, address it the way the comic book is, which is, okay, you deem the life on this planet that valuable, we're going to return, and we're going to judge them. And if we judge them wanting, we're just going to wipe them out just as though they had been wiped out by the by the birth of that celestial. That is what the Celestials do. They breed life around the universe. They try to foster it to grow in a way that they think is productive. And then they leave you alone for a little while. Then they come back and they see if left to your own devices, if you've grown into a civilization that they value or if you haven't. And if you haven't, they just eradicate you. You're a weed in their garden and you get blown away. And so the Celestials do not care in the slightest about human life you know, mid guardian life in the same way that most, you know, as guardians don't care about human life. That's what made Thor weird and special. Like you, like, do you understand they're meaningless? We live for tens of thousands of years. They're going to live for 70, a hundred years. What are you getting so wrapped up in that for? And I think that that was an (laughs) easy opinion for some of the eternals to have too. I mean, I understand some of the emotional disconnect between how, you know, Kanga, uh, Kingo, rather, Kanga, <laughs> how Kingo treats Karun and stuff. But, like, as much as he likes Karun, he's only known him for about 55 out of 7,000 years. You know, that's, like, the theory where Thor, the entire Avengers, like, Marvel MCU, is, like, the worst weekend in Thor's life. This is, like, the worst weekend I mean, in their that,
1: lives. That being said, though, like, yeah, you know, like, I-, I could see where... That character would say something like that. Him being that old, old, old type of character. But my thing is Karun. Like, why why does Karun not have an opinion about this? This this, this just just com- like colossal dismiss- dismissal of his reality and his 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 life and well, his life on Earth. Karun is a man in a room full of gods. There's only so
0: confrontational he would dare be, and Karun might also understand like. It's been explained to him too that the sequence of events that is about to happen is thousands of years in the making and is part of a larger plan for the universe there might be something
1: but then everything is meaningless what's the whole point of shooting a like a documentary yeah all right like, come on <laughs> there is some
0: disconnect between his behavior and the amount of panic he should be exhibiting in the face of just, this,
1: but... Yeah, it's just not written well. Like, that's, that's the thing. Like, what do you feel when you watch The Eternals? Because what you should feel is, like, a complete emotional gut punch. A complete emotional gut punch to all of this stuff. Like, this movie should hit harder than it, it does. It should hit
0: harder than it does.
1: I'll give you that. That's my, that's my thing. Like, you're telling this grand epic thing and it's just a lot of la-di-da. You know? You only feel a little bit of something with with Fastos. That's the only character you really feel anything. I don't know. I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that. I think that they're... Because the cast
0: and the characters in this movie are so strong, I think that the individual performances give you enough moments in the film to make the film worth watching. I think the film is worth a watch. I don't think it's the best thing ever made. I don't think it's the worst thing ever made, but I think it's definitely worth a watch if for nothing else than the individualized uh, performances in it. Even if the overarching story has some holes in it. And that if you also try to connect it too deeply into the overall Marvel lore, that shit breaks down there too. If you want to be super, pedantic about this movie. It doesn't hold up at all, but I think the performances in it justify the existence of the film. And overall, like I said, when I said yeah, before, some of before, it was fine. It was fine. There were things I enjoyed in it. There were things where the story broke down. I think that the character moments have more emotional rev- resonance than you're giving it credit for, though. I will say that. Um,
1: hmm. Well, I think this movie... Uh, is a casualty of the pandemic, because like I think there's just no way Feige would have like let this movie go, you know? Because I feel like when they in 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 a, when they stopped shooting Eternals and would have been the moment they would have had reshoots was right 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 at the beginning of mm-hmm. the pandemic, you know? So then that, this movie was supposed to come out that year, and that's usually when they would have whatever reshoots they would have. Like so, all that time stretched out, and with this amount of actors, there's no way you could be able to get them all back together again. So they just had to release it as is. Like this is this isn't a, the way. Feige but would you know do a what movie. though, I think that that's fine
0: because it's one of those things. I could imagine sitting in that room. Is it terrible? Fuck no, no, it's not terrible. It's fine. Well, what about this? Yeah, no, those things are a little bit off. But but you know, in general, it's it's pretty good. Well, do we? You know, risk COVID and spend tens of millions of dollars doing reshoots, or do we release the movie? Well, you know, it's probably a huge portion of our audience is going to see it on streaming anyway. And the cast of characters means that it might do okay overseas, although the representation of gay marriage has certainly hurt it in places like, you know, Russia and China and things like that. But I think that at the end of the day, you'll go, it's fine. And when you have some 25 fucking movies to choose from, some of them are going to be fine. I'm just glad it's not bad. I'm glad it's not the Inhumans, you know, because this could have become the fucking Inhumans real fast, and it didn't. And I think that that's a testament to learning from that mistake. Uh, Is it Guardians of the Galaxy? Not hardly. That was an ensemble piece about characters that we had never met before, largely, that worked incredibly well. Is this, that not even close, but it's fine. And if you're a Marvel completist, you will definitely see it. And if you aren't, then maybe this is one of the ones Just skip. Mm -hmm. I thought it was fine. I mean, I'm sorry. That's, you know, it's a B minus it's, it's, but it's still a B it's, you know, if I were, if I were a chef and this is the plate I made, is it like, is the best plate of food I ever made in my life? No, but is it perfectly palatable? Yes. Serve it up, get it out the door and let's move on to the next one. It was fine <laughs> There's your resounding review Marvel's Eternals
1: It's fine <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry it's not yeah, amazing I, But it's fine I, I mean I wanted it to be amazing know, that, a, movie, a movie like this should have been amazing uh, With this cast the this, The script needed to really serve These type of characters You know like, I mean, it's it's just like having the Greek gods and having them be completely ineffectual and not having the rage of Zeus and all this sort of things that you would need for characters like this. Like, a character should have been done a lot of harm from one of the other characters that they really should have had yeah. to deal with. Like, they, 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 they have them get together at these, like, whack-ass dinners trying to repeat the same sort of uh, energy that the Avengers had, you know? And it's just like no man. There needs to be some family issues and some real dysfunctional stuff, you know. Um, like for instance, like I, there was again, there was always a little peppering and stuff like that. Like when we find out that Druid and Makari had this kind of like secret relationship. Like when when the other Eternals scooped that out, that made them perk up and be alive in a way that they wouldn't about normal human stuff because it's their stuff, you know. Uh, that that needed to be a thorough line throughout the movie, yeah,
0: I mean, look, we could sit here and play the rewrite game forever on it, and
1: <laughs> but I think that
0: that if you are introducing characters that you fully intend to make part of a larger universe, that there's no harm in hinting at some things and then giving it time to breathe. I will bring it all the way back around to Aquafina walking through fucking Wong's portal at the end of Shang-Chi. You can just hint at some shit and tell me the rest later. I'm gonna fucking watch. I don't care what you make. I'm totally in the (laughs) bag for all this Marvel shit. And I'll find out later on what Wong wants with Aquafina. And I'll find out later on, you know, Makari and Druig's, you know, past or romances or whatever. Or maybe there's nothing. I have no idea. What I do know is... They're going to explore this stuff in one way or another. And I'm, you know, God willing, I live long enough to see it. I'm going to see it. You're going to fucking watch it too. I don't care what you say. It doesn't matter how you feel about this movie. Marvel got your 16 bucks. So fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) Point taken. That is, uh, you know what? On that summation of the entire film industry, I got your 16 bucks. Fuck you. (laughs) Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. But if people have nicer (laughs) things to say to you than that, where would they
1: find you and say those things, Arthur? On. uh, (laughs) That that really caught me off guard. You could go to www.arthurromeo.live. You could go to uh, my Instagram, draw really awesome. Wow. With underscores uh, between those words. You can also go to at Arthur Romeo on Instagram. And you know, check, check out my YouTube, check out my TikTok for a draw really awesome while wow as well. What about you, good sir? Well, you can find me on
0: Instagram at Thomas.olton. Uh that's where I predominantly am. Also, you can find our Instagram at Tails underscore two underscore admonish. There's not nearly enough fucking content on there because I'm so busy and I'm gonna get it done and I swear, so just follow it and eventually I'll post something. You know, or I won't, because I don't fucking owe you anything. But um <laughs> Do follow me if you if you'd like the chance at least to see something because that's the best I'm offering at this point and that's the best I got because every week I give you the best I got, Arthur. On. I love the do ending. I love when you do the do
1: ending. There's things on me today. Hi, folks. Be good. <laughs> Bye.